happiness as we commonly understand it and as our Webster dictionary defines it as a state of well-being and contentment. And this is perfectly explains why we hear so often things like do whatever makes you happy or you do you as they say. And the problem with this is that happiness as it's commonly understood is completely subjective. But in Christian faith and as we hear in the gospel happiness is beatitude. And beatitude is beholding God face to face in heaven, where enjoying his vision, we experience the perfection of our entire person, body, and faculties of our soul. Beatitude, therefore happiness, is actually an objective state that exists outside of oneself. So therefore, it's quite possible to say, I am happy and not actually be. My interior state of perceived happiness might not be in conformity with the reality of what true happiness is. What Christ reveals in the Beatitudes is that true happiness is actually found in ways completely opposite to our expectations. Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are now hungry. Blessed are you who are now weeping. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude and insult you and denounce your name as evil. These Beatitudes we hear today from Luke, the more commonly known ones are from the Gospel of Matthew, which includes eight Beatitudes. This in the Gospel of Luke is reduced to four, following the four woes. But either way, Christian tradition has always upheld the Beatitudes as the precepts of the new law. So the old law being the natural law and the Ten Commandments. And Christ came, of course, not to tell us more things of what, uh, to, what actions to do or to be avoided, but he comes to free us from the law so that we can fulfill it. Because law in itself what actions should be done or not done does not perfect us and cannot be fulfilled on our own. And so the new law is the law of grace and it's articulated in the Beatitudes. And these are not actions of things we do or don't do, but rather they are interior dispositions they are ways in which our heart should be transformed and thereby allowing us to perfect the old law. So as he says, blessed are the poor, blessed are the hungry. As St. Matthew articulates for us further 
we can understand that uh, very easily as poverty being a symbol of utter dependence, dependence on God, and hunger as the yearning in our hearts for something more, for not being satisfied with the way I am or being apathetic, but desiring and striving after more, after greatness in life. Those who are actually poor and hungry can be models for forming those interior dispositions. And so that might lead us to ask ourselves, am I totally dependent on God in the way that a poor and hungry person is dependent on others' charity? Or do I look for God's blessings in material things and status? Or can I see God's blessings in the things, the very things the world might look down upon? Indeed, happiness is so much more than those warm feelings of consolation and contentment. Jesus came so that by the Holy Spirit, we might perfect our hearts, our very deepest desires and dispositions, and so prepare ourselves for eternal beatitude. And beatitude is none other than the perfection of charity, which consists in receiving all things in gratitude as a gift from God. Because really, God is actively sustaining our very existence every second, every breath we take. So it ultimately comes back to the first beatitude and the most important one. Blessed are the poor. That is, to live in utter dependence on God, to claim nothing as my own, apart from his goodness. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.